morning. Welcome to Zambia Blog Talk Radio. I am Matilda Mwabaluka with Nathan as our host today. We welcome you to this show. We have a very exciting guest today and we hope you stay tuned. Nathan, good morning. Okay, while we're waiting for Nathan to come back, I just want to welcome everyone and just let you know who we'll be talking to today. Our guest is based in Zambia, and that is Mr. Oliver Kapamba. He is the founder for the Shelter Movement of Zambia. So this is a very exciting program today. I'm excited to hear what he has to present because the issue we'll be discussing um, is something that every parent, every uh, child may not want to talk about it, but it happens. It's substance abuse in schools and in communities. So this is something that's relevant today. These things happen, but for some reason, we don't talk about them, or if we do, we don't treat them the way it needs to be treated. Nathan, good morning. Morning, morning. How are you? Fine, thank you. I hope um, all is well in Texas. It's okay. It's raining right now, but uh, this is Texas. It's snow, rain, wind blow, and everything else at the same time. <laughs> oh, That's how it wow. is here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes, um, we we had a little bit of that a few days ago here in Florida, where it, it was raining, some very serious wind. Actually, the wind felt like it came from Chicago. I almost oh, asked, wow. you know, Chicago, did you send the wind here? That wind was blowing, and it rained like there was going to be a hurricane. The weather is doing something weird these days. Yeah, I know. So, so Nathan, while we're waiting for other callers, I was just letting the listeners know, those who are listening online and those who will be calling in um, to listen to the show, This topic is something that is very important and relevant to our community. Uh, Substance abuse in schools and in our communities is something that actually needs um, to be looked into. There are things that um, we don't want to discuss in public. You might have a friend or a relative, a child who may be dealing with substance abuse and may not know what to do. Here in the United States and other countries abroad, we know that there are programs that are there for different kinds of uh, substance abuses, and people can go there. In Zambia, we are not sure. You know, we hear, okay, Chinama can do it. Maybe they can, maybe they can't. You hear of uh, private institutions, and people don't know which private institutions those are. So I'm glad that we'll be speaking to Mr. Kapamba on this matter. I believe yeah, this is uh, Dr. Patrick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking forward to talking to Oliver and finding out what type of things he's doing because that's a very, very perfect a lot of people in many ways. It absolutely does. Good morning, Dr. Patrick. Assuming it's Dr. Patrick. <laughs> The last four numbers, 3751. Okay. 
Well, your your mic is unmuted, and um, you are free to come and say good morning or say something when you are when you are ready. So yes, Nathan, this truly is um, important, and to know that there are a rehab centers for former addicts is also very uh, something uh, progressive, I should say. <clears throat> we used to have back in the day the mental hospital. I think the one and only mental hospital. Back then, Mulchalini. <laughs> Oh, how's my wonderful family? We are doing well. We're excited to have you and excited to know that you have not given up on this tongue-twisting language that every every (laughs) week you try and you continue trying. One day I won't be surprised if you say the whole sentence. Oh, oh, that'd be great. So, Dr. Patrick, while we're waiting for our host, I just want, I mean, our guest, I i want to uh, encourage our listening audience that has um, called in or logged in and are listening online, I want to let you know that we have our 10th year anniversary coming up in September, and we're ho- hosting a very big event in Texas. The dates are September 13th and 14th, and it will be in Dallas, Texas. We have a gala, um, and we have a day program that has got very exciting speakers, including our very own Dr. Patrick from Northern Province. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yes. So, Dr. Patrick, maybe you can give us a a teaser or a test and um, a little bit of a taste of what you've been talking about at this convention or at this um, 10-year anniversary that we have for ZBTR. Well, basically, it's going to be talking about family. It's going mm-hmm. to be talking about the communal family, the, the diaspora in uh, the global community, and us getting together with our brothers and sisters in Zambia, and as well as our brothers and sisters on the continent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be talking about how we can begin. We've already started, but I'm going to be talking more about playing chess in lieu of playing checkers. And that's mm-hmm. talking, about our, uh, talking about our business plans what we can do with the business plans and how we can move us a step further to uh, prosperity. I'm going to be giving some historical perspective on our uniting in minds and souls. Wow. I'm excited already. I almost want to start to ask you questions, but I think this is just (laughs) a taste and a teaser so we can be encouraged to buy tickets and attend um, this historical moment for us. I believe we will be, um, we'll also be live 
um, broadcasting in Zambia. So this this will be this will be exciting. I trust. Excellent. I wasn't with the Zambia Block Talk family at that time, but I I seem to remember that my colleagues have mentioned that we have been on um, radio live before, and this was in uh, Las Vegas. Mhm. Yes. Okay. Um. All right. So I was just looking for information here to share with our listeners. The website to go to. We Nathan, have... um, my <laughs> this technology where you depend on everything to be right there. Um, <laughs> I trust that the, the the website is ready and is at zbtr dot com. Okay. Nathan might be indisposed at this moment, but he will be joining us shortly. Um, Dr. Patrick, we will be speaking to a guest who's based in Zambia. He's the founder of Sheltered Movement Zambia. His name is Oliver Kapampa. Mm-hmm. As Nathan and I were discussing, um, substance abuse in schools and communities is something that has been going on for some time. And with um, as we move from year to year, decade to decade, and now we're in a new new millennia, new and uh, second decade in this millennia, we find that people have more access to um, different substances that they are abusing, and it's affecting our communities. It's affecting the youth. And a lot of times in African countries, we don't know how to deal with this problem. So I'm glad to know that Mr. Kapamba, who will be joining us, in about 15 minutes or so, we'll be discussing this. Um, he he has a rehab program for youth. Um, he's, he's starting to, he's offering um, empowerment skills and opportunities for the youth to be able to be uh, responsible citizens in Zambia and, you know, also just positive uh, contributors to the community. This is not a problem that is uh, found only in the United States. It's worldwide. But to know that we have solutions is very encouraging and very positive. And so, so you know, in in addition to what you you were saying, you know, you'd like to discuss things like um, um, business proposals, People who are youth who are in rehab, these are things I believe that can help them. You know, a lot of times our youth don't know what to do with their time after after school, after high school, whether they were pushed out or dropped out from high school or maybe they completed school and they're not able to go into the prestigious universities or their parents can't afford to pay for college or they can't find jobs. A lot of times they would turn to to drugs or they'll turn to substances that are not good for their health, they're not good for their mental uh, being. So to have um, something in place, like you were saying, uh, having um, a business plan, it would encourage the youth. They'll be able to use their creativity to say, you know what, I can start a business doing this. I can start a business um, making shoes or Mending, making or mending shoes or carpentry, 
or even the computer, <laughs> restoration of computers from old parts, you know? Yes, and we can, um, if we can get to them the 10-point um, business plan so they can review it and take a look at it. Because what we're we are hoping is that a lot of brothers and sisters will arrive in, in, in Texas with their business plan in mind so that we can work to develop it. Uh, for our brothers and sisters, our young brothers and sisters, or old, elder brothers and sisters who wish to engage in entrepreneurship, we'll be more than happy to instill in them ideas and possibilities of what they can do. The only thing they need is the germ of imagination, what they always wanted to do when they were growing up. And we can develop that idea. Absolutely. And, you know, Dr. Patrick, a lot of times we are not encouraged to pursue what we used to dream of as children. Um, Times have changed, and I think we can see that on social media. There are more young people who are given the opportunity to speak and say whatever it is that they have on their mind. Some of it is funny, some of it is serious, but it's impressive that they have that opportunity. Their parents have been encouraging them. I would want to think when you were younger as a youth and also my generation, creativity or dreaming so much was not that encouraged. You couldn't, if you came from a poor background, you couldn't just come up and say, I want to be an astronaut. You know, in Zambia especially, like, okay, we don't even have anything <laughs> that will lead you to wanting to be an astronaut. How can you even do that? So we are talking out of thinking about something creative or reaching for the stars. Was that the, your well, experience you know, too, growing up as a youth? You know, we can, we can even look at the idea or the imagination of wanting to be an astronaut or wanting mm-hmm. to be a pilot or wanting yes. to be a, a doctor or a lawyer. And the way we do it is by expanding that thought, by getting that individual to sit down with an astronaut, getting yes. that individual yes. to sit down with a lawyer and say, how mm-hmm. did you become this? What did you do? And mm-hmm. that will begin right. to increase the thought and the aspirations of the individual. So we just bring two people together. Absolutely. And having such conversations takes your mind away from trying to say, gosh, I'm bored. I'm so bored. What am I going to do? Huh? Here's something I shouldn't be smoking. Let me see if I can smoke it and what 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 high am I going to get out of it? And so yes. the discussion that we have with our guests is so, so vital. There are times, you know, sometimes we get some truth from these um, so-called movies we watch, and as portrayed, it may not be accurate, maybe it is, I'm not sure, but as it is portrayed, you might find that the person who is dealing in illegal substances, maybe selling them, is quite intelligent, very intelligent, can do the math, uh, calculate um, interest, and so on. You know, actually, they have empires. They are running a business, but it's something that is illegal, something that is not good for them. It's not good for anybody, for their health or for their mind. So when they are, they are redirected 
intersect with this mind that you have in order for you to have people working under you. You can do something bigger, better, and greater. Yes. Yes. And another key point is don't give up on yourself. Mm -hmm. Don't say, I cannot do it. You can do it. Absolutely. Yes. You ran into a rough patch, but that's okay because you're going to convert that rough patch into something better, something beautiful. You yourself are beautiful. So what we want to do is encourage the beauty to come out by them putting down the use of drugs. Put it away because you're beautiful enough. You don't need that to to um, to run away. You don't need that to look better to someone. What you need is yourself. Beautify mm-hmm. yourself. And you have a lot of people, us included, as encouragers. What you need, we will help you get. Okay. That, that is so true. Just being available. Uh, a person yes. might feel like, okay, I, I, I won't give up, but who can I talk to? But when you That's know right. that you, there are, there's somebody that, I, that you can reach out to or you can, uh, read, uh, you can read something, resources are very important. So even having a, a program such as this, someone might be listening and talking. Maybe they would tune in for a little bit and disconnect, but they might hear something that is um, in their mind that will say, you know what, I heard that. Let me go back and listen to that program. Or this guest was on our show. What can I do to help myself? Or, you know, we have Dr. Patrick, or are Zambian, and say, Dr. Patrick, I'm interested in the business. I don't know where to start. This is the idea I have. How do I go about it? How do, right. I How do I write a business proposal? And then after I write that, then what? You know, two things. The passion, the drive for your business. And putting it in words. Sometimes the questions that are asked might seem hard. Like if you say, why do you want to do this business? In the very Dr. Patrick authoritative way, why? And then you start thinking, um, because I want to make money. And you will say, no, no, think further than that. What else? Why do you want to do this? And then you begin to think and say, you know what, I am offering um, a solution to a problem. I found that there was this and this, that, that is the issue, and here is my solution. This is the type of business, and this is what my business will be able to do. That's, That's right. Right. Um, That's- and that's powerful right there, Matthew. The dogs are part. Isn't that powerful what she just said? Oh, you know? yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Thank you, though. Thank you, Pastor Nathan. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because so, the thing is, to, your, to your point, Matthew, that most of us just jump into business just because we see somebody else doing it and they are right. making they are doing well and they are making a good profit out of it. But uh, you mm-hmm. don't know what that person has done to make it work and to succeed. So the question you yes. ask is very, very important. Very important. That's Thank right. Thank you. And That's you, right. in addition to what Nathan has said, it's true 
for a lot of Zambians, I'm not saying all of us, and, and I'm only sticking to Zambians because that's what I've been exposed to on the Zambian, but for a lot of us, we will mimic a business. Uh, maybe Nathan is selling, forgive me, purses. <laughs> He's sending purses to Zambia and selling them. And then all of a sudden, I feel like I should do the same thing. There's a passion behind that. There's a reason why you started that. It's, making money can only get you so far. But if you don't have a passion or a reason or you don't have a why, your business won't last long. It's always important yeah. to know why. Why am I doing this? Why do I want to do this so much? Yes, money is good, but if you don't have a why, you won't be able to sustain yourself. That's right. There's a universal saying that applies to what we're talking about. And mm. the saying is, do you. Don't do them. Do you. Yeah. That's something I've learned in America. Do you. And at first you hear it, you don't understand. Do you, what does that mean? You know, focus on, you You get, stay focused, stay in your lane um, in, in terms of identify what you want to do. Uh, set goals, set a path. A pathway. How am I going to get from this point to this point? You know, I, I want to go to point B, but I'm on A. How do I get to B? In fact, A and B are too close. So let me say I want, I'm at point A and I want to get to point M. How do I get to M, you know? So you have to yes. think about a pathway and say, okay, why do I even want to get to, to uh, that point? So those are some things that are quite um, important. Right. I want to do this is uh, Piyanki. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? How are you? How are you? Thank you for joining us. Hi, Piyanki. Oh, Nathan, how are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Piyanki. You too, Dr. Patrick. Wait, wait, what was that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you made Dr. Patrick and I laugh. But anyway, thank yes. you for joining. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Pianki, as you uh, found us this meeting, in, in about seven minutes or so, we'll be talking to Oliver Kapamba. He's the founder for Shelter Movement Zambia. Uh, a program designed against substance abuse in schools and in our community. We've talked about how important uh, these programs are, and we look forward to listening to him. As we were discussing, we've also looked at, um, Dr. Patrick gave us a teaser of what he'll be discussing, and some of his points include um, business plan proposal writing and what to do with those things, you know, and just the two topics actually can marry or they are relevant to each other. You know, if you're a person who's coming out of rehab, there should be tools and resources available for you so that you don't relapse. You don't go back and say, gosh, I'm bored again. (laughs) You know, let me go and buy alcohol. Let me use these drugs. And we don't want to encourage that. We want our youth, even our uh, adults, to be able to be creative, to be responsible young men and women in our community and our society. So that's where you have found us. 
uh, Pianke, you are free to join in or contribute because in about six minutes, we'll be switching to Zambia. Well, I was going to ask a question. Mm-hmm. Is substance abuse a, sub- a problem in Zambia? What are they? What is uh, mm-hmm. the young people, the adults? What are they getting hold of? Right, that's a very good question, and I think Nathan will address that when he speaks to the guests. But it is a problem. Yeah, the guest is going to address that question. And uh, yes, you know, Pianki, one of the questions I want to ask him is, do we? have good uh, red, good statistics on the levels and extent of substance abuse in the country because you know that's one of the issues that we have that home if I may say that in most of our African countries they don't want to give you statistics they think it's uh, I think embarrassing or alarming things or situations like that so I'll ask you that question yeah, I never would have imagined that. What, what, it is, what is it? Palm wine? It surely can't be the things that they have here in stateside USA. Is it? You know, our experts will answer that, but I will answer from experience, not that I'm a substance abuser, but from what I have seen. Um, with transportation, with internet, with exposure to media, and borders opening, there are more drugs coming into our African countries. People who are behind these drug empires are expanding into countries where you least expect them to. And even if they don't have uh, access to things like cocaine, which is still there, or heroin, you'll find that they will use things like glue. People will sniff glue, or they will use marijuana or a combination of things that they're not supposed to take. For example, the thing that is big in Zambia, it's alarming. Um, um, what do you call this? Um, cough medicine, cough syrup. Children mm. are drinking cough syrup in, and mixing it with other things in their juice. So I think the government has put a ban on certain cough syrups. The cough syrup you find in Zambia, here there'll be prescriptions. You know how when you get a cough, Certain over-the-counter medications are kept now behind the pharmacy. Those don't are not even as strong as the ones that you can find in Zambia. For example, you can just go in and buy something with a very strong um, additive that you know can make you get you hooked. So yeah, and because as Nathan has said, these are things that people don't talk about. They are either embarrassed, ashamed or don't know who to turn to. They don't know how to address these things, so they're not discussed. You know, in my travels, in my travels throughout the continent, as well as to Western and Eastern Europe, I find that the conditions are identical. When, when you think of major cities in African countries, you have to equate them with the major cities in the United States. Whichever drug that you uh, witness or know of in the United States, it's the same in an African country, city, major cities. It's there. But but as Nathan mentioned, that is not usually talked about for, for the shame of what it's doing to the population. Even in the, um, the Russia, in Russia, 
He's in St. Petersburg, as well as Moscow. And the stories and the drug use is, is prevalent in those major cities. However, it's never talked about because uh, the the government in, in Russia do not want to let on to the world that uh, in a communist government you have the same problems as you do in a capitalist government. That's so whatever drugs you can imagine, it's there. It's getting in there, so it's it's no exception. Well, how do they support the market, Doctor Patrick? They don't. I know I'm getting ahead well, of the uh, conversation, I, but let, you know, right, you not, let me give you a quick idea of how they support it. Uh, a lot of the cities in African countries, there's money. You may think that, well, because USA ID is sending money in there, and you see in the pictures of poverty and, and some corruption, but there is money. African countries and cities have That's money. True. They have access to money. And a lot of times this money is being um, used to buy those drugs. It's the influence. So the money is yeah. there, Pianchi. Mm. That's that, price that what of me. Out the yeah. I, I don't. You know the way we have in the states, people got money in their pocket. Uh, right. Africans don't have that kind of extra money. Yes, they I do. I read stories where they have they make only five CDs a day. So, a person with five CDs a day, well, how are they going to buy drugs? Oh, well, look, you know, look in the um, the quote unquote slums uh, throughout the cities in the United States. These these youngsters don't have money, but they find money. They they find money. So, and that's, that's the same thing in in the cities in African countries. There is there is money to buy drugs. What you do is you start out. At a small sum of what it would cost to purchase drugs, and then next thing you know, they up the price, and the individuals have to uh, steal from hook or crook in order to get the money. If you can yeah. have, if you can put in your mind the mindset of what happens in the United States, and transport that to the mindset of what's happening in the cities in African countries, it's the same. There's no difference. However you look at it here in the States, it's the same in African countries. There is the the the, the thought or the misconception that these African cities are far behind the cities in the United States. No, they're not. They have huge high rise, they have uh, businesses that's similar and therefore, if you can wrap your, your mind around transposing what's happening in the states to what's happening in the cities, it's there. The money's there. That's corruption true. do not follow corruption do not follow an absence of money. If there's corruption <laughs> that means there's money to be made. So therefore if if you if wherever you find corruption, you find money, and wherever you find money, you find a way of exploiting that money, 
and drugs is the one way of exploiting the money. Okay, um, the guest is joined the program. Hi, wow, that's good. Thanks, Matilda. Uh, thanks for joining us, Oliver. Oliver is the founder of the Shelter Movement Zambia. An organization that deals with substance abuse. Oliver, good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. Good afternoon, sir. I'm glad to be on this platform. Excellent, excellent. Okay, Let, let's get into the discussion here. We have a lot of questions and things to address. What prompted you to form this organization, Oliver? Uh, what, what prompted me is uh, my personal experience, what I went through during my, teen, my teenage. I, I went through a lot of uh, challenging uh, transitional age from teenage to young, young adult. Uh-huh. So, yes, yes. And um, looking at the, the, the rate at which young people are indulging in substance abuse, I thought I should take it up as a challenge myself and find ways of helping them. Because Excellent. many sectors of society and institutions didn't see, didn't see this as a, as, 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 as a need, or rather as a challenge in the, in the community. Many leaders in the, in, the, in the society and institutions, like churches and the government institutions, and many organizations, I think they are focusing so much on issues to do with HIV and AIDS and other issues, but they are forgetting the issue of substance abuse among the youth, which was actually, even now, is a, a, a big challenge. So mm. I took it upon myself after um, being helped to stop abusing drugs myself. Mm-hmm. And then I shared this vision with a few youths who bought into this idea. And we took it up upon ourselves to register an organization with the Ministry of Community Development. Okay. That was in two, okay. 2017. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Excellent. Let, let, let's so get to the one of the core. Let's get to the one of the core issues here, uh, Oliver. To, what are the statistics showing about substance abuse in Zambia? How, how grave is the situation? And uh, what sort of drugs are we talking about here? Situation is too serious, sir. And uh, the statistics, uh, roughly, we did our research last year. We did yes. um, a questionnaire, which we, we passed through. Just We did a study in treatment. And actually, from the 50 uh, questionnaires we prepared, all of them were suggesting that this problem is at, at 75% among the youth, among the teenagers. Meaning, if we lined up five teenagers, three out of five, it's either they have abused uh, drugs before or they are still abusing drugs. And the drugs we're talking about, uh, which are commonly abused, is uh, marijuana, ichamba. Uh-huh not talking about alcohol, because alcohol is another substance which has taken hold of the youth's um, uh, uh, attention. You know, they, they think every time they have leisure, every time they are partying, they should just have alcohol. 
But the main mm-hmm. issue we are dealing with here, it is marijuana. Of course, there are mm-hmm. other substances like um, uh, they, they, they are sneaked out of the, of the health centers, which is, uh, um, uh, what happens is there's codeine, and there's also um, uh, there are substances which are used for, 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 for psychiatric patients, like, um, uh, like uh, what happens is this. Anyway, it's, it's a broad spectrum of substances which are being abused by the youth, and most of them are being sneaked out from... Um, from the health centers. Now, 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 Oliver, uh, Oliver, let me ask this question before I allow my colleagues to come in. Uh, What sort of programs do you have in place uh, which is addressing this issue? It's a huge problem, I, I I can only imagine. And what's your relationship with the Drug Enforcement Commission? We have uh, a strong relationship with the Drug Enforcement Commission. Uh, before I talk about the program that we are we have lined up for the youth, I, I yes, should sir. mention that uh, early last year we drafted a memorandum of understanding, which okay. we submitted to the Drug Enforcement Commission, so that they can incorporate us in their program as an NGO. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, our proposal was turned down because. Um, them as uh, the, the, the Drug Information uh, Enforcement Commission, they are a security wing of the government, and they feared partnering with us who are just in the private sector that maybe the information can be risked or leaked out into the community. But our appeal, or rather our suggestion, was very moral and was not to, uh, was, uh, to help them to reach out to manage it there in the community because. Many people, when they hear the Drug Enforcement Commission, they run away, despite them having programs of sensitization in the community and the schools. So there is uh, some kind of a great apathy uh, when it comes to the Drug Enforcement Commission dealing with the community, sensitizing them, and the, um, rolling their programs in the community. So we have a very good relationship with the Drug Enforcement Commission, where mm-hmm. sometimes we even report to them. Because okay. we are actually having a pending program that they, they need to um, share with us some of the programs they have, more like training us, because then they are professional, professionals in the issue of the drug abuse. Of as course. the information we are using, it's just what we Googled on, 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 um, on, on, on a state website, because just using our personal experience and the love that we have for the youth. So roughly the program that we have, we have uh, school programs, school outreach programs. We have been permitted by the district education board uh, secretary uh, the dev, to go out in all the schools of Kitwe. Of course, we don't want to limit these uh, outreach programs in schools just in Kitwe. We want to roll out in other districts of, of, mm-hmm. of Coverdale and ultimately the entire Zambia because this program, this problem is for the entire youth of this country. So That's we have good. school outreach programs where we conduct sensitization to the youth, and of course we do counseling. Schools sometimes uh, organize youth to, uh, for us who they suspect to be abusing drugs. Those who are unruly, those who are rebellious, and we, we do sometimes one-on-one counseling, sometimes we do group counseling to the children. And we also have, um, we have community programs where we organize sports activities. And once we, we gather youth together, 
we take some time to share with them the dangers of substance abuse and how they can avoid peer pressure and how they can uh, focus on building their lives and focus on education. So such um, programs are, are what we have now according to uh, the, the capacity that we have. No, yes, the line drops and cuts. The credit on your Don't card is low. We'll still call you back. Okay, it's already telling us that the credit is low. Uh, Matilda, I'll call you back when the line drops. Uh, Dr. Patrick, did you have a... I think you wanted to say something. Hello? Um, I think one of my colleagues wanted to say something here. Oh, yeah, I'm getting you, sir. I'm getting you. Well, I got a question. Go ahead, Bianchi. Yes, sir. Good morning. My name is Pianchi. Sir, you said it was marijuana. Now, is this a cash crop? Because I heard that marijuana is being grown for the markets that we have here in the United States. So apparently it's been growing for a long time. So is this a herb that's been growing there in Zambia for a long time? Think he's gone. Is that supposed to be my question? Can I take it? Yeah, that's, Can I that's pick your it question. Yes, yes, yes. Respond. Oh, yes. yes, sir. Oh yeah. Um. Thank you so much. Marijuana is is more like a tradition, a traditional herb for for many countries. Of course, even in Zambia, people grow marijuana, but it's an illegal uh, substance here in Zambia. According to my research. Marijuana, like here in Uganda, it's never grown for medicinal purposes. Many people grow marijuana here, they grow it for consumption purposes. And I want to believe that those who use marijuana for medicinal purposes, it is a well-prepared um, marijuana, not just the entire herb which is grown. Because marijuana has um, more than 400 chemicals. And the most notable ones are two, which is a tetrahydrocannabino, which is a, um, a toxic substance of marijuana. And there is a cannabidio, a substance of, of it, which is used for medicinal purposes. So now these uh, substances, I, 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 I believe and I'm, I'm confident that here in Zambia, we don't have any, um, any process that is done, cannabidio, uh, from the, from the, the, the marijuana head. So if it is consumption, the, the substance is consumed, it is consumed at, um, uh, I mean, with the purpose of somebody getting high, which is illegal by law, and uh, this is what we are fighting um, among the youth, as in a substance they are using mostly, because it is mostly common, and it's very cheap to access in all the corners of the compound and the communities. Mm. Yes, sir. Your card has now expired. Yeah. That, that, that's a good question. Anyway, uh, Matilda will reconnect our guest. You know, uh, Nathan. Yeah, go ahead. I was reading someplace where you know the market. You already know the market that is, exists now for legalized marijuana and also the you have states that's coming on. I was reading someplace where they uh, was growing it in an African country to supply that market. But with all the other benefits from that crop, uh, for glaucoma and other medicines, 
in other fi- the, the 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 fibers of the plant, if I'm not mistaken, that can be used for other things. Why come that's not being exploited, rather than I I just uh, Nathan, I just have it very difficult to grasp that there's a drug problem in Zambia. I just can't. It's just it's just beyond me. <laughs> Okay, maybe I'll let my, my why cannot this be processed uh, uh, where is Roger here and Noah, I think you can my colleague can address that question instead. If, if this thing we talk about the okay, Noah is Noah and Roger want you to respond to Yankee's point before the guest comes back. Uh why can't this be done in Zambia, Noah? Uh if if I may, let me let me let me tackle um, Bianca's second second part of the uh, of, of 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 its question. So, mm-hmm. Talking about ma- ma- marijuana. Uh, these days in Zambia, back in the days when I was growing up, indeed the only drug that was there was marijuana. But today in Zambia, that's just not the case. So I was going to ask actually the. Um, the guy about other drugs that could also be contributing to the abuse in Zambia. Because seriously, and I'm speaking from experience, it's not only marijuana that people in Zambia are abusing. People in Zambia mm-hmm. are abusing drugs just like they're abusing drugs here. They have crack cocaine in Zambia. They have heroin in Zambia. They have powder cocaine in Zambia. I don't know if they have met yet. So this is something bigger. The drug abuse in Zambia is bigger than marijuana only. So maybe these organizations need to start looking more into that abuse instead of just limiting that to marijuana. Because I know a lot of people in Zambia who have been to rehab and who are hooked on cocaine right now as we speak. Well, you so know, this is, so this in, is in Chicago, in Chicago, marijuana on the street is $90,000 a kilo. How is that going to equate in Zambia? The people that's making it wouldn't discount Zambia and bypass Chicago or Washington, D.C. or Baltimore. But, but, but you have to realize, Bianchi, also, that it's the potency of, of, of the marijuana in Zambia and here. The potency is different. Here it's treated a certain way where probably the potency is, is a lot more stronger that the potency of the marijuana in Zambia. So, of course, the, the marijuana here is going to be more expensive than the marijuana in Zambia because of the potency. Because, I mean... That sounds we, like we, 5%. We, that sounds like 5% beer, Dr. Patrick. Nobody get drunk off of 5% beer. <laughs> but, but, but here, no. the marijuana that they have here now is 98%, 92% THC, some of it, because it's treated mm-hmm. that way. But if you went to Zambia, you probably wouldn't find the potency of 90, 92, or 98% THC. You probably would find it a lot lower, maybe 50 or 49. I'm not sure. But I know for a fact that the potency of the marijuana in Zambia is lower than the potency of the marijuana here. So the prices will, 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 will differ because of that, too. Okay. So. The, the situation here, uh, Bianchi, is that, uh, the, the, I don't know if Roger wanted to contribute here, is that what I'm thinking of this terminology, this term, the marijuana in Zambia, 
and not because it's it, it, it uncosted, it's raw. They just sell it like from the garden or from where it's been planted. Uh, they treat it in course and course like dry it and just wrap it. That's the way it's dealt with. And it's difficult to control because it's grown in small cells but in multiplicity. If that sentence makes sense to you. You have very small people growing it, but they are in there a lot of huge, large number who are doing it. That's where the challenge is. That's why the Drug Enforcement Commission is with a problem uh, controlling it. You know, uh, you know, Nathan, hemp, for instance, there are so many different products that can be that is able to be made from hemp. There's restrictions on producing growing hemp in the United States. But take a Zambia, for instance. Zambia could start growing hemp mm-hmm. and making cloth out of it. You could start making all the, all the beneficial things that hemp mm-hmm. provides and is, and is sought after. Why come something like that is not being exploited? It's, 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 if, I'm, if I may, Nathan, for a minute. It's been yeah, it's yeah, been no. talked about it, it's been talked about in some circles, Bianchi. Uh, Zimbabwe, for example, has been one of the first countries in in our region that is starting to explore mm-hmm. those options and, and and legalizing it. And you're absolutely right. There is a lot more good that will, that comes out of the plant than bad. So people really do need to start looking out for other things that could help. Like things that you have said. Absolutely. But, you, but now you have people who just think that marijuana is bad, period, without doing enough research to see of what else it could do. Like you said, it, 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 you know, glaucoma uh, p- patients, uh, um, cancer patients are getting released from pain because, because of that. So those are some of the things that need to be explored. But that's what yes. the person said. But, Rather but, than starting a... Rather than start a prison industry, take those plants and make something beneficial of them. Individual people, villages can grow and and could be your supply. But then, but then the problem becomes, you see, like the cancer, like the cancer patient, they only need the THC from the plant. I mean, the CBD from the plant, not the THC. So how does the Zambian government? Find machinery and industry that is able to extract just that THC and CBD. Well, you know how to help the cancer patients. I can as, name as it. Now, Your Zambians right, and the diaspora have access to those things. Make it work. Just do it. You can't turn your kids into a industry of prisons like you do here in the United States, where you are wide open with the potential. Plants in Zambia have more potency than the ones in the U.S. <clears throat> I have a lady from Ghana. She says she tried growing mer- uh, moringa in uh, in what state is she in? I said Georgia, and she said it just won't grow. But in okay. Ghana, uh-huh. it does. I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. We've run out of time here. Let me just mention to everybody that please. Uh, don't forget to register for our convention in September. The 
early bird registration ends tomorrow, 31st of March, and then it will go up to $55. Uh, we have a special guest here. Yes. Um, I'm having difficulty reaching the guest. Uh, now the calling card is having problems, so... It's okay, Matthew, that we can talk to him another time. That's uh, our honorable uh, Dr. Ed Galungu's country. We don't know. Maybe he said something. Yeah, I mean, no way. It's, uh, I'm sorry. Yama, how are you? Matilda, can you open 3133? I'm trying to do it, but it's not doing it. Okay, just give me a moment. Yeah, there's a line at the bottom. The line at the bottom. 713133. It comes to. It's open. That How line is open. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm, I'm just listening. I know, I know. Good to hear your voice. Thank you. I'm here. Excellent, excellent, yeah. Okay, everybody, it looks like Oliver's line can come back home. As I said, that's a special country. Anything can happen. Uh, we'll try to get him back on uh, another time, and uh, hopefully we can move from there. Coming up is Roger. He's taking us to the, he's calling it the motherland. Roger, what's up with that title? Roger and his title. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. Well, uh, yeah, a lot of our yeah, issues. Go ahead. Yeah, a lot of issues we tackle are uh, those which affect uh, motherland. So sometimes you struggle, you struggle. What, the, what is going to be the title? And you are like, okay, it's going to be this. Yeah, just come. So anyway, right. we are looking at uh, a lot of issues uh, this morning. Uh, thank you, Mama, but we're again. Um, your your voice sounds uh, much stronger uh, today than uh, I think uh, the last time you you came. Uh, we are I'm glad. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so a lot of uh, good things uh, there. Uh, Kangame in um, in Rwanda is pushing mm. to digitize African economies. Uh, what does that mean? Oh. So we're going to have uh, a very nice study there. Uh, please uh, don't go away. First by-election in Zambia, uh, Nathan, was the violent uh, free, no violence. I think a lot of us are now getting uh, very optimistic to have our, our Zambia back. So that and many more stories are coming up uh, in the next five minutes. That's good. Excellent. Yep. We're looking forward to that discussion. Yes, yes. Somebody wants to say something? Go ahead. Roger. Yes, sir. I need you to help me. I am very disturbed. I can help you anytime. You know that. I am very disturbed what I've heard. We cannot let Zambia impose prison-like industries for your young people that's engaging in a product that has many, many demanded uses. Okay. Bring that question uh, up in the next uh uh, it's three, four minutes. Uh, bring it up. Let's see what you're yeah. talking about. Let, let, let's yeah. continue. Yeah. We're going to close our show here, this segment, with Ephraim. Ephraim is a well-renowned Zambian artist. He's coming to the U.S. He's, and he's going to be in Dallas in April. Get in touch with me for a ticket. And we're going to have an exciting time in that kind of thing. And uh, 
well, that's it. We'll try to get uh, Oliver to come back. I don't know what happened to his line, but uh, we're looking forward to that discussion. Don't forget to register for September. Good to hear Ayama's voice. Everybody, let's go back in. Wait, I'm going to